extra drama. Book number five, all night long. <laughs> Welcome to the extra drama bonus episode for Sweet Valley High number five all night long by Lionel Richie. Um, <laughs> right? Or Francine Pascal. Or, oh, right, right. No, or Kate William. Did you guys notice when you opened the book that it says that it's written by Kate William? I did not notice that. Yeah. Created by Francine Pascal. Who is Kate William? We'll never know. Um, so you can you. write your own Sweet Valley High book. Send postcard, too. <laughs> these books that we both, these editions that we read, both have, they were, this book was one of the shortest ones yet. It's only 117 pages long. And it has this lengthy back section called Coming Attractions that has scenes from the next book, Dangerous Love, which is going to feature motorcycle and then a special bonus for fans of Sweet Valley High. Here's more about some of the people you've met in Sweet Valley and would like to know better. And there's a description of Bill Chase, which I probably could have read in the last episode, but it goes on for three pages. And Lila Fowler, it also, there's pages about oh, that's right, yeah. Lila Fowler and Bill Chase, which you think would be a setup for the next book, but it's not. I guess maybe this is, the idea was it was going to make it easier for people to drop into the books. When we're thinking about what more we wanted to talk about with regards to All Night Long, um, Jess mentioned the concept of consent. This book, as we mentioned in last week's uh, main episode about book five, where we went through the plot, features some weird uh, and kind of scary um, attempted date rape with this older guy, Scott Daniels, and Jessica. Um, Scott knows that Jessica's 16, and Jessica knows that Scott has a reputation. Um, although, when Jessica is at the beach with uh, the other girls, the other college-age girls, somebody tries to advise her that Scott has a reputation. Do you remember what she thinks? She just basically brushes it off. Well, she wants to hear more, but then they get interrupted, so she doesn't inquire farther. Yeah, but I thought it was so interesting that what she says, or what she thinks right away is, a reputation for what? Which sounds almost like a joke, but if she really means it, then it's like, does she really not understand? It seems like she must understand what she's... Like, what Scott might want from her yeah i mean maybe maybe i'm just maybe we're all reading it the wrong way and that jessica's very naive and she has no clue what she's walking into like she thinks it's going to be a crazy party but maybe she doesn't realize that there's as much potential for sex as there really is that's true i mean maybe jessica as this um really fabulous attractive and manipulative flirt because she's used to having all the power, never dreams that things might go further than she wants, and maybe doesn't even really think about how far they could go. It's kind of hard to, for me to believe that, like, a, a girl in high school, even in the 80s, would not have been cognizant of the fact that boys might want to have sex with her. Of course. And it seems like Jessica is actually, you know, using that, you know, using her sex appeal. Um... Just a, just a page before that warning happens, and I think this goes to that point of she's thinking about attracting attention, but not necessarily thinking about sex. Jessica hooked one leg over her strategically bent knee and shifted slightly to a more flattering pose, just in case Scott or one of the other boys happened to be looking. 
Yeah, wow. But then when Jessica goes off with Scott Daniels into this cabin, it very quickly gets to a place where Jessica feels out of control, and she does not like that. She goes from being a little bit scared of Scott in a way that she's excited by to just flat out being afraid of him. And then the book gets a little bit scary for a little while. Um, so you were pointing something out about Jessica in this scene, which is that she never flat out says, you know, no, exclamation point. She does say stop it. She pushes him back at one point in time, but he had already, like, been pretty aggressively pursuing sex with her at that point. Yeah. So I, I just don't know if it's that she didn't express that, if it wasn't written in the book. Yeah, and I guess the reason I bring it up is in no way to suggest that because she didn't say that, somehow what Scott's doing is in any way okay. But one thing that has sort of become the purview of this podcast is to sort of fantasize about how we would write these books if we were writing them now. And especially with the young reader in mind, like what is the lesson that we want them to get from reading the book? Or what do we hope that young girls reading these books would take away? And I think that that's one thing that I would really like to put in here is even if Jessica has an inner monologue where she's like, I really don't want to be embarrassed in this situation. She like musters all of her courage to tell him like no and push him away. And then he could still be a dick and it would be realistic, but at least she would be providing an example. Like, what do you think you would have taken away from this book if you'd read it as a young girl from the scene? I mean, or you, Brian, if you'd read it as a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I, would take this, I think, as a young girl. Like, don't even go to the party in the first place. Because once you put yourself in that position, saying no beyond that is going to be very difficult. But I also wish that Scott would have at least backed off when she said stop it. That her voice would have had a little bit of power to it whether that's realistic or not, providing that model. Like, if you say no, it could be met with some effectiveness. Yeah, instead, the book goes on this road, as we discussed a bit um, in the main episode, where it gives Scott a platform for about a page of making his case as to why he thinks his behavior is okay. You know, um, if we go to those pages... And she basically accepts his... She accepts his argument. Yeah. Yeah, like... Around yeah. page 26. So... When she says she needs to be getting going, she had, she says, I, I've got to be getting home pretty soon. And he said, home? He laughed. Where did you get the idea I was taking you home tonight? I thought you knew. This party's an all-nighter. Yeah, and when she says, I have to get home, if you don't take me home, my parents, I'll tell my parents he tried to, she couldn't bring herself to finish the sentence, which is already, like, again, the book is getting at, hinting at something so, like, scandalous and scary, but the only thing, the only way to end that sentence is that you tried to rape me, <laughs> you tried to have sex with me, even, yeah, you yeah. know, and Scott's Scott's only response was a harsh bark of laughter. 
Go ahead, Jesse, baby. Tell them. Tell them how you lied to them so you could sneak up here with me. Tell them how you just happened to be in a deserted boathouse, practically naked, when I came along and tried to take advantage of you. He shook his head. Sorry, baby. It just doesn't wash. And do you wonder if maybe there's some part of the book that's like, you see, girls? You see what happens? I don't know. Like... It's not super comfortable. No, it's not. I mean, never mind that narratively it's really frightening and you hate Scott forever. Go away, Scott. And all men like Scott. Go away. No means no. <laughs> Time's up. Scott Daniels. So you guys both mentioned that you, uh, you know, read some young adult series when you were younger. Do you feel like those books had, like, a lasting impact on you? Or, like, you were actively taking lessons away from them? Are, are we talking, like, books with, like, relationship? Like... Yeah, yeah, I think Books for young people, but with, like, relationship aspects yeah, to them? Yeah, Um, I, I don't was... remember as much of that from the Hardy Boys. I, in Encyclopedia Brown, Encyclopedia Brown's one friend is, I think, Sally Kimball is her name? And... She routinely will, like, beat guys up who are, like, bad, like, bad boys. Like, the type of, like, a Scott Daniels type. She would have, like, beaten him down. <laughs> that's awesome. That's badass. So I, I think she was, like, I took from that, like, oh, yeah, that's that's a heroic kind of female character. Cool. There. Well, Jess, I know you mentioned before that you read Babysitter's Club books. I devoured those books when I was a kid. Um, much like Scott Daniels devours Jessica's neck in this book. Uh, but That's what you did to your books? I read <laughs> yes, all over them, kissing their covers especially. Particularly when the cover of a Babysitter's Club book featured Marianne's boyfriend, Logan. I really had, like, um, nowadays, you know, hashtag relationship goals with, um, for Mary Ann and Logan. Um... I thought that was, like, a really good example. Do you remember them? Vaguely. Well, one thing that I think was kind of cool about Marianne and Logan was that Marianne was by far, like, the mousiest, like, least outspoken of mm -hmm. the girls. She was kind of studious. And I guess I just always thought it was neat that she was the one that had this cool, nice boyfriend. I mean, Christy has a boyfriend, too, which is interesting since she's, yeah. um, she's a real tomboy. But I think his name was, like... Barry? Bart! His name was Bart! <laughs> Christy's boyfriend's name was Bart. Yeah. Well, I think um, we'll find that future volumes, it's rare that there's something quite as intense in terms of an assault, a sexual assault, as what we find in this book. And, I mean, sexual assault, I don't think Jessica's going to um, classify it that way. But one thing that is so strange about these books as they go on is that a lot of really traumatic things happen, and they don't leave a lasting impact on the characters, really. Other than a passing thought about, like, oh, well, Todd doesn't like Jessica so much because Jessica uh, almost kept Todd and Elizabeth from getting together, um, we, don't really, we don't really see them suffering from the wounds of their past. I thought it was so interesting that Jessica never talked about her negative experience with anybody and so I think if the book was written today I would have wanted to see that 
like that Jessica would have confided in someone and someone could have talked to her like that's not okay like when things like that happen like his advances beyond you saying no like are considered assault or you know at least putting some sort of label to it giving girls a model for if something terrible like that happens to you like you should be reaching out to someone who can at least provide emotional support because at the at the end of that whole episode she finally has to go to sleep on the floor next to where scott is passed out in this cabin and the last thing it says about it is jessica had never been so miserable in her life and yet she doesn't talk to anyone about it at any point yeah. in time. She doesn't even tell Elizabeth what happens. You know, I hadn't really thought about it, but knowing Jessica, and I feel like I know Jessica pretty well, actually, um, from reading a lot of these books, I am sure that she would have been highly embarrassed at the way all this went down. Like, on the surface level, she's mad at that horrible Scott Daniels. What a creep you know, but like he, you know, he doesn't deserve my time of day. But beyond that, I think she would be mortified if anybody realized that she had been in a dating situation where she'd been so humiliated and also had been out of her league, out of her depths. Um, I think that she would be mortified to let anybody know. And while because of that, I guess her silence is realistic. As you're saying, Jess, it totally misses the opportunity for uh, to provide a kind of lesson about how you can handle these things. If Jessica broke down or like even, you know, confided in anyone about what happened and had a chance to talk it through, that would be a good example that she was setting or that the book was giving to young people reading the series. Well, I had one other really cool thing that I wanted to get to. I got a fan email. So I'm really excited. Hooray! I need need to, like, make that a little soundbite that I can uh, insert of you guys saying in concert, hooray. Um, You can copy that clip and reuse it. (laughs) Definitely. So I had an email from a listener named Lauren. um, I was thrilled to receive uh, where she says... I just wanted to say I'm loving your podcast. I'm a late 90s baby, but I absolutely die for this series. I started reading it probably early 2000s, and I'm just addicted to it. So that's fun to hear about somebody who also started reading years later. Um, Lauren goes on to ask... I was also wondering what your opinions on Sweet Valley Confidential were. So many mixed emotions. Um, So Sweet Valley Confidential... I don't see my copy here on the shelf. Oh, here it is. Sweet Valley Confidential. Here it is. So I'm holding up my hardback copy of Sweet Valley Confidential. Ten years later. Ten years later is the subtitle. And this is a book written by Francine Pascal that is available in bookstores now. Um, And I actually got a chance to learn a little bit about this book. It was published in 2011. And in 2010, I got to go to a kind of a summit at the St. Martin's Press, where they got like bloggers about the subject to, um, they wanted to, you know, tell us a little bit about it and get uh, some excitement up. I actually even wrote some quizzes for the Sweet Valley Confidential website, like, uh, you know, which, who's your Sweet Valley dream day, which character are you, that kind of thing. Um, so in that sense, you know, the book is dear to my heart. Um, this book, I would say, I, it's obviously, like, it's by Francine Pascal. You, there's not really question about whether or not it's canon, 
but when, as read anybody who's read Sweet Valley Confidential will know, like, I can't really treat the events of the book as canon when I'm talking about the series, like, well, as we know, so-and-so ends up being gay. Although I've made a few references um, to, I've made a few references to, like, for now, nobody's gay, um, for example, in the, in the series, or, you know, the way that relationships turn out. I think that reading the book is really exciting and um, juicy, but even though it's written by Fran Francine Pascal, it almost feels like fan fiction. Uh, because it's just like, well, sure, this is one way that everything could have turned out. But I mean, that's not really what happened. And I'm curious if anyone else that's read Sweet Valley Confidential feels the same way. Um, I have a, a thought that maybe in the future, I'll do a bonus episode, maybe like between seasons where we talk about it. Um, one thing that's fun about Sweet Valley Confidential is that unlike a lot of the Sweet Valley High novels, this is a book that's very easy to come by. And um, so if anybody is interested in reading it, go ahead, um, but be ready for some uh, e some actual sex, first of all, because they're 26 now, so they're allowed to have lots of sex. And uh, also it's the 21st century in this book, so it's not like 10 years after the 80s. It's as if, as if 10 years after the characters are 16, so that exists out of time. Like, the whole Sweet Valley High series, in in theory, exists out of time, and this is when the, everybody's ten years older. And a lot has happened, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty scandalous. So maybe I'll see if I can find some of those quizzes. If I can, I'll put them up on the website, sweetvalleydiaries.net. Uh, in the meantime, if you go to the blog, sweetvalleydiaries.net, you can read a bit of my thoughts about Sweet Valley Confidential at the time. Um, just search for Sweet Valley Confidential, and I wrote um, several different pieces about kind of recapping the book and my thoughts on it. And boy, it's really something. So <laughs> Lauren, thanks for writing in. If anybody else is interested in uh, dropping me uh, some thoughts, you can email me, sweetvalleydiaries at me.com, or send me a note on Twitter at Sweet Valley or on Instagram at Sweet Valley Diaries. Um, I know Instagram is not necessarily the place for a note, but hey, wherever you send me the comment, I'll be happy to check it out. Um, or you could leave a comment on the blog, sweetvalleydiaries.net. And I recently um, added a page to the website that uh, all the podcasts are kind of housed there and it has quick links to all different major sources where you can subscribe or get the show, but also links to the episodes where you can actually listen to them on the site. I want to say thank you again to Jess and Brian Reese for joining me and thanks for reading this book. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. So are you ready to read book six, Dangerous Love now? Do you gotta know what happens next? We'll see. <laughs> okay, I'll take that as a soft yes. A soft maybe? We'll call it a soft maybe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. So, does that mean me, Miss America?